You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include a woman in Australia has fallen victim to rats and a Mount Laurel man is charged after a racist altercation with his neighbors. Here's your national news recap for the week of July 4th. The death toll is rising at the South Florida condo collapse. Miami-Dade County Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava said Wednesday, 10 more bodies have been recovered, bringing the death toll to 46. The mayor added that 32 of the victims have been identified. Crews were battling heavy rain and winds as Tropical Storm Elsa threatened the area, but officials say skies have cleared. The Haitian government says President Jovenel Moyes was killed by a group of assailants in his home early Wednesday morning. The First Lady was also shot in the attack, but survived. Authorities say a group of people suspected of being involved in the assassination of Haiti's president are dead or in police custody. Haiti's chief of police explained four suspected killers were gunned down by officers while two others were arrested. A judge is rejecting an attempt to stop parts of Georgia's voting law. The lawsuit brought by the group Coalition for Good Governance opposed new requirements that voters request absentee ballots at least 11 days before Election Day and also opposed new rules on election observers. The judge cited ongoing runoff elections in the state and said he wouldn't change the law in the ninth inning. The Justice Department is currently suing the state over its election law. A federal judge is ruling the U.S. Air Force is partially responsible for the Sutherland Springs Church Massacre in Texas. The Pentagon was faulted for failing to submit the criminal history of the gunman, Airman Devin Kelly, into a federal gun-buying database, allowing him to purchase the murder weapon. The judge ruled that the Air Force is mostly responsible for the 2017 attack, which ended with more than two dozen people dead in the worst mass shooting in Texas history. There will be another trial to assess damages owed to the families. An officer is dead after being shot at an Indiana federal building. Authorities say it happened at the facility in Terre Haute, which is about 75 miles west of Indianapolis. There are conflicting reports on the status of the suspect. The house featured in the movie Meet the Parents is up for sale in Oyster Bay, New York. The home, built in 1983, has seven bedrooms, an indoor pool, and sits on two acres. It has been more than 20 years since the blockbuster comedy starring Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro was released. The home is selling for $2.3 million. Some parts of the tri-state area already dealt with flooding because of Tropical Storm Elsa. There were reports of flooding in Hackensack, as well as an egg and tennis ball-sized hail through Bergen County. Officials have said low-lying and coastal areas are especially vulnerable to flash flooding. 
Cal Fire says the broiler fire in Mendocino County is 60% contained and all evacuations have been lifted. The fire has burned about 80 acres since it broke out Wednesday just north of Yukia and west of Highway 101. Forward progress of the fire has been stopped as crews strengthen control lines and watch out for hot spots. The cause of the fire is under investigation. Columbia County residents are being warned about a text message scam that pretends to be from the DMV. Hudson Valley 360 reports that nearly a half dozen people have reported that they received the text. The message says the person is entitled to a $900 refund payment and is likely a phishing scam that tries to get people's banking information. Officials note the text message includes a number of abbreviations and shorthand, a clear indication that it is not from a government agency. Restaurant Week starts on Monday in New York City. According to Time Out New York, one of the star attractions on this year's menu is a $125 entree served up by Felipe Chow, which includes three courses such as green prawns, roasted pecking duck, and sorbet. You will also get two bottles of wine for parties of six or more. Another gourmet surprise is STK Steakhouse pairs wine with its jumbo lump crab cake, roasted rack of lamb, and chocolate cake. Restaurant Week has been serving world-class food in New York City for nearly 30 years. First-time claims for unemployment benefits unexpectedly rose to 373,000 last week, 2,000 more than the previous week's revised total. It's a sign job growth could be slowing, and it's not what analysts had expected. The forecast was for claims to drop to anywhere between 320 and 350,000. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your National News Recap. Hi, I'm Joel Vasquez, and I'm giving you the latest news in the world of politics. President Biden and Vice President Harris held separate events Thursday to promote voting rights in the U.S. NBC's Tracy Potts reports. He and Vice President Harris meet with civil rights leaders after the Senate failed to consider legislation and the Supreme Court upheld restrictions in Arizona. Biden held a private meeting with groups including the NAACP and the National Urban League reportedly to discuss their efforts to protect voting rights. Harris held an event in the Washington, D.C. area to announce the expansion of the Democratic National Committee's I Will Vote campaign. Texas Republicans are introducing a new voting bill meant to address election integrity in the state. A 47-page draft of House Bill 3 was filed online Wednesday night. The bill is similar to an election bill that was blocked by Texas Democrats last May. Like the previous legislation, the new election bill would ban drive-through voting, require an ID for mail-in voting, and empower partisan poll watchers. The new bill, however, would not ban Sunday morning voting, which was criticized in the last bill for the effect it had on black voters. Former President Trump is suing Facebook, Twitter, and Google over his account suspensions. We're asking the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida to order an immediate halt to social media companies' illegal, shameful censorship of the American people. Speaking in New Jersey, Trump said big tech has become enforcers of unconstitutional censorship. He's demanding prompt restoration of all his accounts, as well as putting an end to shadow banning. Trump called this a pivotal battle for the First Amendment right to free speech, adding he's confident they will achieve tremendous victory. 
Trump accused the federal government of making social media platforms the de facto censorship arm of the U.S. government. He said big tech is playing the refs by working in tandem with all branches of the government, which he called a blatant violation of the Constitution. Trump was banned from the platforms after he posted content encouraging rioters at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Trump is completely banned from Twitter and is banned from Facebook for another two years. Incumbent Queensborough President Donovan Richards is still attacking rival Elizabeth Crowley even after his narrow primary win. Following an ugly race for borough president, Richards declared victory and called Crowley a racist using additional graphic language after accusing the former city councilwoman of fear-mongering with campaign mailers designed to look like eviction notices. He told NBC his rival insinuated she would have won but for the death of George Floyd and the subsequent Black Lives Matter movement. According to unofficial results, Richards triumphed by 1,044 votes and now faces a GOP challenger in November. And Eric Adams is making good on a campaign promise by getting his ear pierced. He pledged he'd do so if he won the Democratic mayoral primary in New York City. And a day after his top two opponents conceded, he honored his pledge to young people to demonstrate he's different from other politicians. The Brooklyn Borough president, who's 60, posted a photo of himself getting needled. My name is Joel Vasquez, and that was your political news. I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. Shakari Richardson is no longer going to the Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo. U.S. track and field announced their roster on Tuesday and Richardson was not on their roster. She was banned for one month following a positive marijuana test, but fans had held out hope that she would participate in the relay. Richardson said that she used marijuana as a way to cope after her mother's death. The organization said that they agree rules related to THC should be reevaluated, but it would damage the rules' integrity to do so so close to the Games. The Olympics kick off on July 23rd in Japan. Novak Dolkovic and Roger Federer advanced to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon on Monday as they both had milestone wins. Dolkovic advanced to his 50th Grand Slam quarter while Federer picked up his 105th career victory at the tournament. On the women's side, top seeds Alicia Bartney and Ardia Sablakin advanced while American Coco Guff and Madison Keys were eliminated in the fourth round on Tuesday. On Tuesday, second-seeded Dania Madrak fourth-round matchup will continue after being suspended due to rain with the Russians up two-set one. A member of the British royal family is in isolation after being in contact with someone who eventually came down with the coronavirus. Catherine, Duchess of Cambridge, is the one who is isolating, according to Kingsington Palace. However, a statement said she's not dealing with any symptoms. The palace also noted she undergoes twice-weekly testing and has already received both of her shots to protect against the virus. Among the events the Duchess has attended recently include Wimbledon. One woman has become a victim of the ongoing rodent plague in Australia. Mark Mayfield explains. The Sun reports that a farmer's wife awoke to find a mouse eating her eyeball. She has been hospitalized in serious condition. Media reports indicate she's one of several victims as the country contends with a rampage of tens of millions of rodents traveling through towns and farms. They've caused fires, destroyed vehicles, and injured several people in what officials are saying is the worst outbreak in 30 years. 
The Australian government is now providing a lethal rat poison for free, which they call the equivalent of napalming mice. I'm Mark Mayfield. The owner of the shipping container that blocked Egypt's Seuss Canal for nearly a week earlier this year has reached an agreement with officials. The formal solution was agreed upon by the Stan of London. The attorney for the ship's owner and insurers, but the details were kept under wraps. The ship will be released from holding this Wednesday, after authorities took it while a deal was being worked on. The Canal Authority initially wanted over $900 million in damages after the boat got stuck. The French Cannes Film Festival had its opening night this past Tuesday. The Icon International Movie Festival in southern France was cancelled last year because of the pandemic. This year, the celebrities and paparazzis were back on the red carpet, with movie stars Adam Driver and Marin Cotillard appearing for the premiere of their film, a musical called Annette. Filmmaker Spike Lee is the jury president at Keynes this year and is the first black filmmaker to preside over the jury. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. Governor Phil Murphy is expressing his appreciation for New Jersey Task Force One as they continue to help with the recovery at the Surfside Florida condo that collapsed. Some 80 women and men traveled to Florida with 19 vehicles recently. They have split into two teams that work around the clock and have been actively engaged in the recovery mission. Officials say they will be stationed there for at least a few weeks. The Baltimore Inspector General's office has put a magnifying glass to the city police department's overtime policies. A report issued by the Inspector General's office highlights an officer's ability to take paid time off while also working the same shift. The practice reportedly is allowed as part of the contract the police union has with the police department. The city and the union are in talks to reform the practice. A city councilman has called for the Public Safety and Government Operations Committee to hold a hearing in August to address the concerns in the Inspector General's report. From Allison Prize at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, if you've been longing for Saks Fifth Avenue to come back to New Jersey, your wait will soon be over. Saks and several other high-end retailers will open shops at American Dream when the Mega Mall in the Meadowlands debuts its long-awaited luxury wing, dubbed The Avenue. About 20 stores, which make up 25% of the avenue, will be ready for shoppers at that time. But the avenue will have 80 total storefronts when it's completed. The September 17th opening date of the avenue corresponds with the end of New York City's Fashion Week and is the day before the Met Gala. From Jonathan D. Salon at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, Donald Trump's golf club in Colts Neck, New Jersey has agreed to pay a $400,000 fine in a case brought by the State Division of Alcohol Beverage Control that threatened the liquor license of the ex-president's three New Jersey facilities after a customer drove drunk and got into an accident that killed his father. The former president's golf club did not contest the charges and agreed to the fine, as well as service training for employees by a nationally recognized organization and a ban until December the 31st on selling any alcoholic beverages from carts, according to the consent order. From Kevin Shea and Stephen Rodas at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, Edward C. Matthews, the Mount Laurel man, recorded verbally attacking neighbors with racist rants who was hurried out of his condo under police guard recently, faces three separate sets of criminal charges for harassment, bias intimidation, and criminal trespassing for recent confrontations with neighbors, police said. During them, Matthews, who's 45, repeatedly used the N-word, referred to his black neighbors using the name of an animal, and said he wanted them to leave their condo community, court documents published recently alleged. Matthews' victims described in the documents that he'd been harassing them for some time, 
and one tearfully begged a police officer for more action and more security around their community. From the 6ABC digital staff, Christy Ailito and Catherine Scott at 6ABC, an accident at a construction site in the University City section of Philadelphia killed one person and injured another, authorities said. It happened recently near the University City Penn Medicine SEPTA station stop on Convention Avenue. According to fire officials, heavy equipment was being moved off a tractor trailer to a work site when a drilling rig being used to lift equipment fell. A 55-year-old worker who has been identified as Kiran Kumar Mystery became trapped underneath. Officials say Mystery did not work for Cook Drilling, but was on-site working for another contractor. It took about 15 minutes to extricate him. Mystery was taken to Penn Presbyterian Medical Center, where he was pronounced dead. The rig operator was also injured and taken to the hospital for treatment. Governor Larry Hogan is looking for new ways to put shots into the arms of young Marylanders. The new promotion will offer $50,000 scholarships for two lucky winners once a week. The drawings will be done on Mondays starting soon, and then four winners will be selected on September the 6th. Officials say that anyone between the ages of 12 and 17 are automatically eligible once they get the shot. The last drawing for the VaxU scholarship promotion will take place on Labor Day. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. I'm Lloyd Wilson with your Rowan News. The Rowan Integrated Special Needs Center at Rowan University School of Osteopathic Medicine has been awarded a $100,000 grant for a program to increase awareness of and access to physical, sexual, and reproductive health care for women in southeastern New Jersey with intellectual and developmental disabilities. The 18-month initiative is funded by an inclusive Healthy Communities Grant from the Division of Disability Services, New Jersey Department of Human Services. The program's goal is to elevate the standard of female health care, remove barriers, and address the disparities in sex education, sexual abuse, and consensual sexuality among women with IDD. Dr. Wendy Atia is joined by RISN Director Dr. Jennifer Lacomte, who is leading this project that will also partner with the ARC of New Jersey, the New Jersey Council of Developmental Disabilities, Inspira Health, and the Rowan Medicine Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology. Quote, through this project, RISN will help address the gaps and offer medical staffing training on desensitization on making accommodations for patients with IDD to increase accessibility to receive imperative health screens such as mammograms and cervical screenings. Quote, LeCompte said. That was your Rowan News with me, Lloyd Wilson. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team. I'm Danny Ryan with your news from around the sports world. Starting off in the NBA, the NBA Finals matchup is set and well underway as the Milwaukee Bucks punch their ticket to the biggest stage of the mall for the first time since 1973. Star Bucks forward Giannis Antetokounmpo is healthy and happy with how his knee feels for this championship round as he came out to say that he feels great despite originally thinking his hyperextended knee injury was going to keep him out for an extended period of time. With that being said, we have a terrific series on our hands between two teams that have been waiting around 30 years or more for a coveted finals appearance. Moving on to the MLB. The T-Mobile Home Run Derby bracket is set for the July 11th through 13th MLB All-Star break. 
The first round matchups consist of the number one seed, Angels Japanese superstar Shohei Otani, facing Nationals young superstar outfielder Juan Soto as the number eight seed. When looking at the number four and number five seed matchup, we see the veteran catcher from the Kansas City Royals, Salvador Perez, manning the number four seed, facing up against the Queens slugging first baseman and 2019 MLB Home Run Derby champion, Pete Alonso, who mans the five seed. Switching things over to the other side of the bracket, we have another great matchup between the number two seed, Joey Gallo of the Texas Rangers, and the number seven seed hometown favorite, power hitting shortstop from Colorado, Trevor Story. And last, but certainly not least, we see the number three seed first baseman Matt Olson from the Oakland Athletics facing the number six seed and stage three cancer survivor Trey Mancini representing the Baltimore Orioles. Make sure you tune in to watch these all-star caliber sluggers battle it out in Colorado on June 12th at 6 p.m. Finally, taking a look at the PGA and NFL crossover, yes, you heard me right. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers participated in a charity golfing event titled The Match on Tuesday evening. Aaron Rodgers partnered with Bryson DeChambeau to take down the duo of Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. While this was a feel-good, non-competitive charity event, the Packers star QB still faced many questions regarding his future in Green Bay during a mic'd up interview on his golf cart. Rodgers was even asked specifically if he will be the quarterback for the Packers during the Week 1 matchup against the Chicago Bears, to which he responded, I don't know. We'll see. On a more positive note, the fourth edition of the match raised over $2.6 million for the My Brother's Keeper Alliance and 6,300,000 meals for the U.S. Hunger Relief Organization, Feeding America. Once again, my name is Danny Ryan, and that has been your news from around the sports world. Hello, I'm Megan Steckler with your Rome Report business update. Sales in the lower Hudson Valley, New York, are soaring for the second quarter of this year. The COVID-19 pandemic forced thousands of New York City residents to head north, which may account for the real estate boom in Sullivan, Rockland, Orange, and Westchester counties. The Hudson Gateway Association of Realtors is reporting the biggest development in Sullivan County, where single-family home sales rose 71%, as the medium sale price of a home rose 31%, according to Mid-Hudson News. The Federal Aviation Administration, which is the largest transportation agency, is levying $119,000 in fines against nine unruly passengers who refuse to comply with federal mask mandates. Some cases involve assaulting the flight crew and other passengers. That comes as the FAA says roughly 75% of all unruly passenger complaints are disputes over mask mandates. The agency has received more than 3,200 reports of unruly behavior this year alone and has also issued more than $682,000 in fines against rowdy passengers this year. Millions of Americans are back home after leaving town over the 4th of July holiday weekend. The Transportation Security Administration, also known as TSA, says more than 10 million people were screened at the nation's airports between July 1st and the 5th. The busiest day was Friday when nearly 2.2 million went through security, and the numbers were easily higher than last year's Independence Day weekend, when the coronavirus pandemic kept many close to home. However, the numbers didn't reach what was seen in 2019, when at least 2 million people were screened each day from July 1st through the 5th. Jeff Bezos is out as Amazon CEO. The world's richest man officially stepped out on Monday, nearly three decades after he founded the company in a garage near his home in Seattle. 
Since then, he amassed a fortune estimated at $197 billion, and that's more than 739,000 times the medium net worth of an American who retires at the age of 65. Bezos is now serving as executive chairman of the e-commerce giant's eboard as Andy Jassy takes over as CEO after leading Amazon Web Services since 2003. The Hawaiian island of Maui is being overrun with tourists amid the summer travel boom. Brian Shook reports. Its mayor, Michael Victorino, is now pleading with airlines to fly in fewer people. He asked airlines to voluntarily limit seats to Maui, but declined to reveal which he spoke to. Victorino says the island's main airport in Kaolui is also overcrowded and its emergency services are taxed. Just like much of the country, Hawaii is experiencing a shortage of hospitality workers as it emerges from the pandemic. I'm Brian Shook. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Service. Actress Scarlett Johansson and husband Colin Jost are expecting their first child together. An insider told that the Black Widow star is actually due soon, but has been keeping a low profile. Pregnancy rumors began spreading last month after Johansson started skipping live appearances to promote the new Avengers movie. Johansson and Jost have been married since October, and this will be her second child and the first for the SNL star. A Marvel blockbuster is coming to the big screen for the first time in two years. Marvel's Black Widow, starring Scarlett Johansson, opened on Friday. What's being called the most anticipated movie of the summer is expected to generate as much as $140 million worldwide in its opening weekend. Fandango says advanced ticket sales have set a record, putting Black Widow ahead of June's premiere of F9, which is Hollywood's big mile marker now that social distancing is pretty much a thing of the past. Britney Spears is stepping away from the stage and entering into retirement. At least that's according to her longtime manager, Larry Rudolph. Multiple reports say Rudolph recently submitted his letter of resignation to Spears' personal conservator, Jody Montgomery, and her father, Jamie Spears. In the letter, Rudolph reportedly claims Spears intends to officially retire from music. He said he believes it is in Britney's best interest for him to step aside since his professional services are no longer needed after 25 years of working together. Veteran Hollywood director and producer Richard Donner is dead. His wife told Deadline he died on Monday, but did not share a cause of death. He was 91 years old, best known for his work on the original Superman, The Goonies, and the Lethal Weapon franchise. He also worked on projects such as The Twilight Zone, Gilligan's Island, Free Willy, and X-Men Origins Wolverine. Tributes have already started pouring in. Fellow director Steven Spielberg told Variety that Donner had a powerful command and noted he was gifted in so many genres. Meanwhile, actor Mel Gibson said his mentor had a magnanimous heart and soul. Music superstar couple Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani are officially married and sharing their excitement with fans. Stefani shared photos of the wedding on her Instagram, the No Doubt singer wearing a ball gown style wedding dress, and Shelton is true to his country roots, wearing a button-up, a vest, and jeans. Stefani wrote, Dreams do come true after they tied the knot Saturday at Shelton's ranch in Oklahoma. The two got engaged after meeting in 2015 to work together on the reality TV show The Voice. Shelton will have to have a quick honeymoon as he's set to go on tour this August. Blink-182's Mark Hopus is now bald as a result of his ongoing battle with cancer. He took to his social media over the weekend to share his first photo without hair since announcing his diagnosis. In a follow-up tweet, he asked his fans to help him find a cool guy hat to cover his giant bald head. He explained he still wants the hat even though he can't really go anywhere or see people. 
Bruce Springsteen's daughter Jessica is headed to the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. 29-year-old Jessica Springsteen was named to the U.S. Olympic show jumping team, and her event takes place from August 2nd through the 7th. Springsteen said she fell in love with horses growing up in Rumson, New Jersey, where she got her first pony at the age of six. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.